for May 28th, 2015. This is episode 21 of the PHP Roundtable. Today, we take an idea for a web app and discuss ways to turn it into a real-life product on the web. I'm your host, Sammy K. Powers. Today's discussion isn't going to be very code-heavy. We're actually having a soft discussion on how to take an idea and turn it into a live web app for the whole world to enjoy. The, f the folks joining us here at the roundtable today represent a real-world startup wanting to create a new app. And the startup has hired a consultant to help them convert their ideas into code. The startup is having a meeting with the consultant to help them identify the problems that the app will solve and discuss ways that the app might solve those problems and how to get those features into production. So that does it for what we're talking about on the panel. Uh, let's meet the panel here, uh, starting off in no particular order. We'll start off with Jocelyn Lopez. And Jocelyn is a competitive West Coast swing dancer from Chicago. She works remotely for a tech company, and she goes to lots and lots of dance competitions. Thanks for joining, Jocelyn. Thank you for having me, Sammy. Yes, of course. Um, and also we have here, um, joining us once again, he was in the, uh, I guess, the first episode or maybe it was the second one, this functional programming episode, Glenn Hinkle, who is a functional programmer who is currently tolerating PHP. That's what he told me to say about him. So <laughs> he's also a competitive West Coast swing dancer, but thanks for joining us again and tolerating a PHP again, Glenn. You're, you're welcome. It's difficult, but I do what I can, you know, for the people. <laughs> Absolutely. And finally, Mr. Stephen McGuire. Stephen has been consulting with new startups in Chicago, and he recently completed recording a play-by-play -play course on MVP scope discovery for the Pluralsight Training Library. And MVP scope discovery is fancy words to describe basically what we're discussing about today. Welcome, Stephen, the consultant. You're all muted. Oh, sorry. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to yeah. be here. Yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, Stephen's also from Chicago and uh, is very active in, in the uh, PHP community here. So uh, good to have him come on the PHP Roundtable. So let's actually start off. We're going to have to do a little bit of non-nerd talk at the very beginning, um, and that is to describe to everybody uh, what this app is going to be doing. And it's going to have to do with dance events and dancing and stuff like that. So um, hold on for we're going to try to we're going to try to break this uh, this whole discussion into timed segments. So um, we're going to pretend like we're in an actual real meeting with real people and real consultants, and we have a, a basic flow of what we're going to try to do. So we're going to basically describe the domain and the problems of the domain. Uh, then we're going to move on to um, uh, basically creating personas uh, for that domain, um, like, and we'll explain more about that in, the in, in just a second. And then we'll discuss what the app features will be to solve the problems. Then we're going to prioritize those features, and then we're going to uh, finally end with um, setting timeline and deliverables and next steps and all that stuff. So for the first one, for setting uh, the or describing the domain and the problems, I have 15 minutes here set. So I'm going to set my timer right now for 15 minutes. Uh, and once the thing rings, we're going to try to wrap it up uh, as quickly as possible. So this is a strategy you might use in real life to kind of keep everybody on track um, and not go on and on forever about feature creeping so that, as Steven said, make it go to the moon. Make the app go to the moon for me because that would be really cool. So, okay, here we go. Starting 15 minutes. Boom. All right, now I have to feel like I talk really fast. So, uh, and Glenn and Jocelyn, feel free to chime in at any point because jo Glenn and Jocelyn represent the domain of West Coast Swing. Um, so how do you guys describe West Coast Swing? I mean, I'm sure you guys get asked this all the time. Like, oh, what do you do? I dance West Coast Swing. What is it? 
and then you try to describe it. What what do you guys say? Um, I I usually kind of look at them and see if they really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and then if they really want to know, I say, well, you know, in the old black and white movies when people were throwing each other all around, and they say, yeah, 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 and I say, it's nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, Usually I describe it as a melting pot of multiple dances. Um, and that's really what it is. You can put so many different styles of dancing into this dance. Um, and I tell them, you know, this is all made up on the fly. You know, it's not choreographed. There are choreographed pieces that you can create, but um, when you're competing, it's all improvised. Yes. It's, and the, the fact that you can dance it to so many different uh, songs and, and types of genres of songs is, is probably one of the things that makes it so attractive to people. And I, can you guys see my screen here? Yes. yes. Okay, I'm going to try and play this video um, and uh, just so you can get a feel of what West Coast Swing looks like. Is everybody able to hear that, by the way? No. No? No audio? Okay, well, I can hear it, so it's great. So <laughs> if you're watching live... Um, it's, it's, it looks kind of jumpy in the live version, but basically this is um, a guy named Hugo and a, a chick, uh, Virginine. Uh, Virginine's from France, and Hugo is from Colorado, I believe. Uh, they are all-star dancers, at least uh, this time they are. I think they're both champions at this point. Um, and here they are. They're dancing a spotlight, um, just kind of jamming to music. It's uh, The song that they're dancing to is uh, like a, um, a Will I Am song. Um, so, and you can dance to rap, hip hop, blues. I mean, West Coast Swing is just like really versatile. So it's a really cool dance. Um, so I'm going to try to unshare the screen here. Stop. There it goes. Um, so uh, that's kind of the gist of West Coast Swing. But uh, what we're actually talking about today is um, how to solve the problems of managing dance competitions. So um, Glenn, Jocelyn, what is the dance competition for you guys? What, what does that mean for you guys? Uh, for me, it's a it's a way to um, it's 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 one metric to identify how you're progressing, um, and in in your in your ability to dance with with whoever. I don't know. There's a lot of people that have different opinions. That that's that's how I use it. I use it as a metric to identify mm -hmm. how I'm improving. Yeah, I would say so too. Um, mostly because you get to see where you fall against those who are in the same pool as you uh, as far as skill level in the dance so i would say that too yes for sure um i i it's for those of you who have never been to a dance competition which is probably everybody who's watching <laughs> um it's a lot like a php conference if you've ever been to one of those only <laughs> there's all night dancing um so you basically you go to a hotel uh you go for a booze run as soon as you get there uh, you register for the event, and instead of lanyards, you get these crappy bracelets that scrape the other person while you're dancing with them. Uh, then you go. Uh, then there's these leveled workshops, um, or sometimes they're leveled. Uh, they're basically the, 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 when you go to watch speakers. This is them, and you're standing there, and you're they're teaching you how to do dance moves. Um, and then you there's lots of competitions that go on. There's um, there's like routine divisions where there's the choreograph. Uh, you know your choreography before you um, go out there and compete. And then there's the improv divisions where you just you get random music and you have to just dance um, and there's two different types of improv divisions one's called a jack and jill uh, and another one is called a strictly 
Now, the Jack and Jill is where you get mixed up with a bunch of people in your level or your division, and they put on random music, and you dance, and there's a bunch of people with clipboards, and they're sitting there judging you and seeing how well you dance. And then... Um, and then you, you switch up again. They're like the next song you get, you j get jumbled up and you get a new person and you dance and they judge you on how well you dance. Um, and some, a very similar competition is called a strictly where you've um, predetermined your partner before going on just some random person. It doesn't have to be your lifelong dance partner, but just somebody you're like, Hey, we should do strictly sometime. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. And you keep this partner and they'll still play random music and you just dance as well as you can with that partner. Um, and the two things, uh, the two real main differences between a Jack and Jill and Strictly are th is that uh, Jack and Jill is backed by the World Swing Dance Council, which is the governing body that describes um, basically uh, the rules of the Jack and Jill. And um, depending on how well you do in the Jack and Jill with the number of people you're competing with and your level and all this stuff, uh, you get a certain amount of points for each time you actually place like top five or something. Um, and based on those points, you get, you move up in divisions. Uh, and the, there's a, a number of divisions, uh, starting with newcomer, then it goes to novice, intermediate, advanced, all-star, and champion. So six divisions. Um, and as you uh, get points, you get to move up in each division until you get to all-star, and then you have to get invited into champions. So some people call all-star purgatory because you end up getting stuck there forever sometimes. Um, so that's basically a dance competition. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, the, the the levels that you just described, those are are those sort of um, universal. Like um, they they just stick with you forever, um, and then they sort of are something you use to communicate as you move between dance competitions. Or they sort of ephemeral, and they they only stick around during that competition. They yeah, they very much um, go across competitions, um, cool. and every. Uh, there's competitions all around the world that are uh, World Swing Dance cer certified, uh, WSDC certified, and if they are, then they then uh, whatever competitions they run at that event will get um, stored into the points database. Cool. Yeah, so it's really kind of cool um, to kind of, uh, as Glenn said, you kind of get a metric of like how well you're progressing in your dance, um, and you kind of start leveling it up, just like a real, you know, it's the gamified West Coast Swing, if you will. Sure. So. Cool. Um, I want to ask Glenn and Jocelyn, like what, um, as you go to a lot of events, because I know you both go to quite a few. Um, I, I myself go to like, I average about 1.5 a month, <laughs> roughly two every month. Um, for you guys, what kind of issues do you guys run into when you're, um, you know, registering for events and like managing events, managing strictly partners, all that kind of stuff? I guess um, one of the main things is remembering the deadlines of when the prices go up <laughs> and yep. then as, as well as managing like strictly partners making sure you, you don't book two at the same event on accident <laughs> uh, things like that so jocelyn has no sour grapes about that particular one because uh <laughs> i had her booked for michigan classic uh this past um no it wasn't michigan classic it was one that was close it to here yeah, SDA. Uh, it was a dance event where we were going to do Strictly together, and um, I forgot that I had promised my dance partner that we were going to do it there because that was one of the few events that we were going to we were going to be able to compete together. And then, so like we were at a dance event, and she's like, "So we're doing Strictly at SDA," and I was like, oh, "Sorry." So yeah, double booking people is like you feel like a complete douchebag when you like <laughs> tell someone you're going to do Strictly with them, and then you're like, "Oh, psych." <laughs> so, yeah, it's a huge problem. You're so bad that you didn't even remember the event. I know. <laughs> you really need this app. So, uh, I, um, I strictly, I, I guess strictly partners. That may be a, a little bit 
um, that bothers me a little bit maybe, but I, I don't have that much of a problem with that. What, what I really have trouble with is who I'm staying with, like yeah. the, the who I'm staying with in the hotel room and whether I have a hotel booked. Sometimes like I, I'm going to an event in a couple of weeks and I just remember I don't have anybody to stay with. Um, and I, I thought I had it booked, but I, that was some other event, so I, I completely forgot. So I, I, need to, I need to handle that. And then I got to make sure that, uh, that whoever I'm staying with um, is not someone I've stayed with before that I don't actually want to be around anymore. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I, keeping track of all that can sometimes um, uh, get a little confusing. Keeping track of people you don't want to room with again? <laughs> <laughs> it, it would also be great to have, uh, and I don't know what kind of scope we're talking about here, but it would be wonderful to have reviews of people. Interesting. Although that also sounds a little dangerous too. Yeah. <laughs> but but sometimes like there, there's someone there's someone that, that had his room and I'm like ah I don't know do I want to spend my weekend weekend with that person I, I I'm not quite sure. Right. Maybe public isn't isn't the thing right away. You know maybe you're like there are reviews just for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Cool. So I I'll, I want to just take a quick a quick census here on these uh, problems. So, um, so, so far there's uh, remembering deadlines when admission prices might change. Yes. Then, uh, managing strictly partners because the Jack and Jill is all just level based and kind of random, right? Exactly. Um, remembering the events themselves, which seems like it's Sammy's core, <laughs> core problem. <laughs> and then there's sort of a lodging aspect, so like trying to coordinate who you might want to to room with or travel with, even. Um, and then sort of um, keeping track of history of people because it seems like if you're changing strictly partners or even lodging partners regularly, you might forget that you had a bad experience or something like that, or even had a positive experience. Uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say that that's some things there's, I, I don't, how, how, how much do we want to go into this, Sammy? There's, there's a ton of things that an event app could do. Let's, oh, let's, I know. Let it go. Okay. Let's, let's, doc, let's <laughs> um, find out what are the problems here that, that, that we might actually solve with technology. So, um, so just knowing what events are coming up and classifying them by region. Uh, that that is not in that's right right now you can see by city sometimes but you don't always know by region like well should I go to this event or this event because there's a lot that are happening at the same time um, um, and you can just easily forget which which weekend something is um, and you so I planned for two events um, in a row and then I really decided I wanted to go to this other event but that's the third weekend and that's three weekends in a row which can get a little rough because uh, you're staying up all night and it, it, it can take a toll on you. Cool. So I promised that I just recently promised that I was going to go to these this one event. But I also really want to go to these two events on the other side of it. And so now I booked three in a row and I, I don't I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> OK. <laughs> so it's a bit of remembering the events and it's also a bit of like uh, coordinating the events. Yeah, because if you're going to so many, if you're going to two a month like that, that's a lot of events. Yeah. Um, regardless of the money you're spending, like it's just a, it's you, you actually start to forget. Sometimes I start to forget where I am. Like when I'm in, if I'm in a hotel, I don't I don't always remember what city I'm in. It takes me a second. Right. Because you see the same you see a lot of the same people. It's a lot of the same format, so they all kind of munge together. Cool. Jocelyn, did you have something to say on that one? Um, no, yeah, I agree. I would like to have it where 
it kind of maybe syncs with one of your calendars or something. That way you know, okay, I have these three events, these three weekends, uh, and it makes it just a lot easier uh, as far as scheduling and planning. Yes, uh, having it sync with the Google Calendar um, is a really great idea. That's actually uh, one of the things that if it's not in my Google Calendar, I don't even know it exists. So syncing with Google Calendar, I feel like, is, is pretty hardcore important. I'm actually writing all these down. Likewise. <laughs> Evernote is my friend when it comes to these types of things. Oh, yes. Yeah, just giant bulleted lists that sprawl. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've actually had a few others that I wanted to add to what um, Glenn and Jocelyn were saying. Um, they've actually came up with these. This is great that they said these things because pretty much everything they said I also had on my list. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd also like to add that um, like just forgetting to book the hotel. I mean, we mentioned Glenn is like I'm rooming with people, but if I want to just book the, the hotel, like a lot of these events get sold out really fast. Um, especially like the bigger ones, they they just they get booked out. So like early bird registration, like as soon as it's as soon as the hotel is available, like it'd be great to get a notification like, hey, register this hotel um, for an event that's coming in like you know six months from now, which is impossible to remember when you when you don't have that stuff um, sort of in your front. Uh, also, blank, buying plane tickets, I always wait. Like I always don't realize I don't have a plane ticket until like a week before, and it's like crap. Now I've got to pay like this crazy amounts for a plane ticket when whereas like I need to I would like to have a notification before plane ticket prices go up for a particular airline uh, which would be kind of cool um, let's see oh when I get to the event say I'm flying there um, I always have to like get on my phone and try to find the hotel address because I always forget to like <laughs> remember to plug that in somewhere so it'd be nice to have that like kind of at hand just be like oh I'm at this event copy paste this um, the hotel address or, or just click a button and it show, takes me to Google Maps or whatever so I can just easily get to there. Okay. Yeah, we're, um, this is, this is good. This is sort of, um, I think step three that we're kind of, um, entering into pretty quickly here, which is, uh, <laughs> sort of identifying what you actually want to do with it. Um, which is fine. That's, it's yeah. not a, it's not a, it's not a super structured conversation. Um, I, you know, what, what types of, like is the problem that you'd be solving with like wanting to know hotel information just that you, you need a place for that, that like a central place to find it or do you forget it or you feel like you don't it's difficult to keep track of all the time? Yeah, every event has it on their website, but they're all, all the websites. I don't think there's a single dance event that has a mobile friendly website, which is annoying, but everybody's got it in a weird place and sometimes they don't even put the address on the website, you have to click on the link to the hotel, which takes you to the registration page, and then you have to figure, figure out what the address is from that. So it's just like, it's just kind of a pain in the butt. Although Glenn um, has, an, has a dance app called Points to help you track your um, WSDC points, and you actually oh. have a feature in there to copy-paste the hotel address, right, for an event? Uh, yeah, and also go to the, um, to the event website and, and just have the address so you can open it up in the maps on your phone. Yeah, so that, that problem could be put on the back burner because there's already an app that does that. <laughs> it's Glenn's app. <laughs> Although it is limited to, to iOS, so... Uh, That's true. I mean, I don't know who would actually own an Android device by choice. <laughs> <laughs> but if they did, then they Not might fired. want to use this, uh, this app. Shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, but there's also one other thing I should mention. Uh, if only there was a data source that had this information easily accessible, then maybe maybe we could use that. The points, you mean? Yeah. 
Well, the the, the events. Um, okay, so is uh, that's a that's a good question. Is is there a lack of like centralization of this data? Like, does the the WSDC not have like a central place for like the events and the points and whatever? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a central place. It's really a mess. Like, it's it's all it's all dumped into JSON just with, with some no SQL nonsense. So that it's not structured and some of it's incorrect, but I actually, in the development of the points app, I, I made an API. Um, and so there's a, uh, there's a, there's a structure way to get um, points and also the events. Um, but uh, some, one of the problems I run into is like the, the, the event information isn't necessarily that that's not all consistent. So that has to be verified. So if there was some way this app could make, use of that API and even correct the information because um, there's 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 ways to like post information and, and patch patch data then then that would be useful for everybody. Mm -hmm. Cool. And there's also another person um, that does a lot of web stuff in the dance community, Dan Yamamoto, Yamamoto. Um, and um, I think uh, he, he would be a good one to talk to to keep uh, to to kind of keep in the loop of what's going on here, so that we can all work together, like with what Glenn's doing with his app, what Dan's doing with his web apps, and what I'm doing with mine, and then as a force, like kind of combining forces, and then working with the WSDC um, and seeing if they're open to creating a a streamlined API that all our apps could use or something. Glenn's shaking his head right now. <laughs> yeah, that's why I created the API. I'm the streamlined API. <laughs> I think I think Glenn's put a stake in the ground. He's yeah, uh, I have <laughs> absolutely. And if if any of the WSDC people were uh, technically capable of listening to this podcast, then it might be different. Oh my God, <laughs> this is getting brutal. Yeah, it's, it's not even an insult. It's just the nature of 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 how it's just how it is. Um, so I realized that I set my timer for 15 hours instead of 15 minutes, so I was kind of confused why it wasn't ringing by now. Um, we have uh, 14 hours and 45 minutes left. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to assume that that was the end of uh, – that was our timer to, to tell us to move on to the next thing. Uh, and for Stephen, I, the strictly – managing strictly partners is actually kind of a big one that has a lot of sub-problems that are associated with it. So when yep. we start – is that something we'll talk about when we talk about features? Yeah, I think um, so. I, I I just want to kind of recap. I've I've sort of got a sanitized list of the problems, um, and then when we kind of get into like the the actual like activities or features, we can talk more discreetly about how we sort of envision maybe solving those problems. Okay. Um, but I I sort of just just to kind of recap, I'm sort of tracking a, a problem with uh, with remembering deadlines basically, and the sensitivity is around price changes. Um, there's a partner management piece that's a bit missing, which um, is related to, to strictly um, specifically. Um, but that I think that sort of gets into like lodging partners and like travel partners. So people you might want to fly with, drive with, what have you, and room with. Mm -hmm. um, there seems to be a problem with sort of remembering slash coordinating events that you've committed to. Um, and then on the travel and lodging front, um, being able to remember um, when to buy those things. Um, uh, and then there's sort of which knowing which events are coming up, there's sort of a deficit there. Um, so some sort of way to see those. Um, and one that I, I put down because I think it sounds appropriate is uh, you don't know which city you're in because you're traveling all the time. So <laughs> I, I think that's a serious problem. Um, and then it seems like as if the, the WSDC is uh, is a pretty um, a pretty important piece of all this, that it's uh, their data is a bit unreliable and a little bit uncomfortable to use. Um, 
and maybe due to some antiquated processes. Uh, so those are the problems that I've sort of like um, synthesized just listening to this conversation. Yes. That's, that's a pretty good summary. Good. Cool. All right. So moving on to the personas, um, I've got the five-minute cap, and this time I'm setting it for five minutes instead of five <laughs> hours. Boom, it is going. No, it's not. Now it is. Okay. So uh, what does this process look like? How do we – what is personas? Like how do we identify personas? Yeah, so the personas are, are basically the, the roles or the actors um, that participate here. Um, so, you know, in the traditional e-commerce cycle, like the personas are, are not just the customers. The customers are the, 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 big, the big piece of the thing we pay attention to. But um, in that, in, within that space, there might be, um, you know, some customers that are younger, some customers that are older. Um, there are any sort of significant um, cross-section of, of people that, that interact with this. Uh, but something that often gets overlooked is that even in the e-commerce sense, the personas are also like merchandising people, marketing people, um, you know, people that have different activities or different tasks that are all related to um, changing whatever platform or whatever tool is there. So here, uh, this will be a good, good opportunity to kind of identify, you know, it, it sounds like you guys as being the dancers or sort of that, that analogy of the e-commerce or sort of the customers, you're like the most kind of important piece, uh, but I, I would want to spend a little bit of time to make sure that we're thinking about um, some other people that might need to use this product as well. Um, so anybody that's sort of doing some administrative tasks or anybody that's that's like inputting data, um, you know, maybe on like the, the WSDC side, like maybe there is actually somebody from that entity that needs to perform some, some simple tasks um, to help contribute to the success of the product. Um, so that's sort of the goal, is to try and understand who the actors are, who, who would actually be um, influencing or changing um, the data within this app, um, and just get like a high-level summary about who they are. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the, that, that's one thing I was gonna mention, like the one of the personas is the administration, um, and that's one that I'd like to go over. The There is definitely a source of data, but that, even if that were automated, it needs to be reviewed before it gets put in, and there needs to be a manual, um, the manual process because that's just it's just not reliable. And often, like for for my app, I have to, um, I, I I get I get the data, but then I have to go out to the hotel website and and make sure that that this number is correct or maybe put in the address because otherwise it's completely useless. If there's a number off, everything's completely useless, and often. Sure often that's the case. So is it is it fair to call that that sort of persona like an event administrator? Um, Somebody who's specifically in charge of sort of like event information, event data within the application? I think, yeah, but I would pluralize that to make it more clear that it's because the event administrator could be like someone who's charged for one event, but sure. just the person who manages the events, so the event, events administrator. Sure. Yep. Or even like a couple of people that would verify each other's work. So yeah. Gotcha. Cool. So shared administrative privileges kind of thing. Uh, like community admins, the community updates all the events. Yeah, moderators of some sort. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I'm I'm kind of going like sort of a slash situation here. So sort of events moderators or events administrators, community moderators, etc. And so the, these are the pe these are the people who are tasked with um, with ensuring that the community has the most in reliable information, um, and that the app is actually full of of value for for the consumers. Yes. 
Who, what, what is the general sort of like, who, who would these people be? Are these people also dancers or are they not dancers? Are they like younger, older? Uh, you, the administrators or the moderators? Yes. Uh, yeah, the people we just talked about. Yep. I, I think I think they could be anyone really, because it's just about, uh, there's a certain set of information that's static that needs to be there for each event. So it could be anybody. Um, it seems to me like the dancers would be the, the ones who are motivated to do sure. it. But that, I mean, that's that's almost a different concern. Like, how how do we make sure that that information is getting updated? Cool, great, um, cool. Are there any other? So the dancers are probably the the next obvious one. Can we talk about those for a minute? Like the people who might use this thing. Um, that seems to be the elephant in the room. Um, what are um, so the dancers? Are they uh, do you, are there like different layers or different tiers of folks that would be using this? Like, um, are there some people that are you know, very less frequent and some people are more frequent? Are there like different age ranges that we need to be sort of sensitive to? Or how would you sort of describe the the consumers of the product? I, I don't know if the age matters so much, but okay. the activities that they participate in is if they're some, some people go to events, but they don't do strictlies. Uh, and okay. so that, that would be two huge classifications. Gotcha. Attendees. <laughs> That's the ti the timer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we can we can we move through this just a little bit longer yeah, here? Sure. Absolutely. Um. So the so within within the sort of um. Uh. So when you say people might attend the event but they may not participate, will they participate at all, or they're just sort of like they want to come and 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 view? So are there sort of um, active participants and passive participants? Yeah, I would say that there's people that go to these events and they don't necessarily compete. They just go for the social dancing and they want to have fun. Uh, but then there are a lot that actively compete and travel more and you know, things like that. Gotcha. So is it fair to say that there are competitive participants and casual participants? Yeah, I would say so. Cool. Cool. Um, with those, with those two sort of, um, I'm sort of separating those personas because I think they have sort of maybe different motivations or might have different activities. Are, are there anything specific about them that are the differentiators um, aside from the fact that what's implied by their labeling as far as being casual or competitive? Uh, I don't know what everybody else thinks. I, I'd say that pretty much covers it. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's other subclassifications within those, but I, I don't think they apply to the app or, sure. or to event management. Cool. Um, and is there any? Is there anybody else? That's three that we have so far. There's sort of like community managers. There are the competitive participants and the casual participants. Uh, yeah, I would also include maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, vendors at the events. Uh, so like, I know there's a big shoe uh, like vendor that we have at events, so maybe they can say, okay, we're going to be at this event, or, you know, clothing mm. lines that are at events and stuff, so cool. I would include right. that too. Good thought, because that could actually um, travel into the idea of uh, monetizing uh, the, the dance app, if, if that were ever to become a thing. Right now, it's just to solve problems that I have with managing my, dan <laughs> my dance events. But if it was ever an issue of trying to monetize any aspect, I, I assume that vendors using the app would, would be a way to kind of 
yeah, make partic- money. <laughs> particularly if, it, if the app was widely used enough, then that, that could be a metric that they could use um, and that could even, um, that they could determine whether they're, they're going to make money at an event. Yeah, cool. Um, are, there, one, are there any other ones? Yeah, just Sorry. I mean, it might fall under the category of event moderators, but the actual event director themselves might want to get involved in moderating their event and adding specific things to their event or something like that. Um, that's just something to take in consideration. But I think that that just falls under the uh, event moderators persona, sure. maybe. So that could be you. You're, you kind of have somebody. There might be like an at-large community moderator, a community manager, and then there might be um, specific event. Yeah. Yeah, that maybe that may makes sense. Cool. Uh, so that's four four types, four personas that we've we've sort of identified. Are there? Can you guess? Are there any other ones that you know? Maybe not thinking about the app specifically or what our goals are with it, just around the this this problem of organizing uh, dance competitions. Are there any other personas to consider? Yeah, that's about it. Okay. Cool. All right. I think we're I think we're in good shape there. Sweet. So I guess we can just move on to features. Um, and we're kind of like, since we spent so much time on the the first two, um, I'm going to have to cut, shave this one off by a little bit just because we had okay. 20 minutes set aside. I'm just going to set 15 um, to kind of discuss how the app is going to solve these problems um, and how the personas play into that role, right? Is that yes. what we're doing? Cool. That's correct. So what, what we want to do is we've identified the four sort of personas. And as we're thinking about ideating through features, uh, we want to kind of uh, come up with like discrete line items that are each of the features. But we also want to talk about um, which personas are actually um, responsible for or executing those tasks. Um, so while you were talking earlier, I took some notes. I have about nine features that you've um, that you've got um, that you sort of like ran through. So the, the first one I'll just use as an example. Um, the the first one is that, you know, there was a, a, a need or a mention of, of having a way to correct or verify event information. So the way that I would sort of structure that is that moderators, like community moderators, um, can correct and verify event information, right? That might be a feature or a task that is, that's accomplished there. Um, and so, you know, as we go through the rest of these, it's, it's, it's good to associate each of them with the persona that needs to perform the task. That we can kind of get an inventory about who, who are the, our most active people that we're building for. Cool. So, well, if you like, I can review the list that I took before or that I, I had. Um, not all of them have the personas attached to them because we just did them. Um, right. That'll be a, a good starting point to catch up on time. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. So I had uh, the next one I had was that um, that we we wanted to uh, that there was a, a value in providing hotel information, um, and that one might be repurposed to be like uh, like participants um, can view hotel information for particular events. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next one was receive an airfare reminder, right? Or like uh, the notification that it's time to buy airfare, something along those lines. Is that to the benefit of the participants? Yes. Cool. Um, And then there was um, syncing with Google Calendar. Um, Is that one sort of cross-cutting? Is that something that, you know, not just for the participants, but basically everybody, like the... The participants, the event administrators, maybe the vendors themselves—is that something that? I'd say I'd say it's cross-cutting because, yeah. especially for the moderators, I'm thinking, because if an event is in three weeks, then they've already, and they haven't updated the information, it's already past the deadline for the to be useful to everybody else. So it needs to be months and months in advance or whatever time limit is set as appropriate. 
Cool. Uh, do do the real quick question? Do the moderators attend these events, or do they, can they do some of them just basically um, hang out from afar and just administer them? I think that just depends on who who's the moderators are, who's been convinced to actually put this time and effort in. Okay. Um, and then basically on the same front as the airfare thing, there was a, a mention of um, receiving sort of like a reminder to um, to book hotels. Yeah, yeah, so I like need a reminder for that too. Cool. Um, and then there is um, searching for events potentially with filters by like region or like um, I guess level or points or I don't know something like that. Um, that's sort of an all sort of thing. I think maybe Glenn, you you mentioned that. Right. And I just thought oh. of another feature that I just want to drop in there. Let's do it. Let's do <laughs> it. Is, what you got? Which is uh, being able to search by like if we have flight information being because i'm accessing like a, a flight api i'm being able to search by how much it would cost for me to fly there based on where that i where i am mm. that would be amazing i see so compare travel options to the event flying versus driving or training or whatever right that's a really good idea i got to think about putting that in my app <laughs> <laughs> cool Okay, and that's sort of the same grouping or the same sort of personas as the actual like receiving like the airfare reminder, or the hotel reminder. Uh, yes. We'll benefit from that. Cool. Um, I don't I don't know if you guys explicitly said this, but this might have just been me um, listening and interpreting. Um, on on the side of the the partnerships um, for dancing for like the strictlies and also for traveling and lodging, I sort of yeah. had something along the lines of of being able to confirm like request and confirm yep. partnerships. That's that way that we need. Cool. Uh, in fact, um, there it, it, that that actually was part of the sub sub problems of all the problems of finding a strictly partner because. Um, just because I want to do strictly with somebody, I doesn't necessarily want to offer them any event I'm going to that we're both going to. Like maybe I'm trying to reserve one specific event for a specific strictly partner that hasn't confirmed with me yet, or so like I want to be able to specifically, like explicitly invite them to specific events um, that they're also going to. Okay, so that that's sort of like uh, maybe we break those into like. Um into like discrete features where one is the the invitation side and the other one is where the collection of inviting and confirming would be uh, the feature, but the, the discrete activities are that the participants can invite dance partnerships and then participants can confirm dance partnerships. Right. right. So those two together kind of create the, the like partnership feature or what have you. Um, and I've sort of broken them out into three separate things. So there's like for the actual dance itself, for the traveling. So if you like need like a like a travel buddy, like a like a carpool, um, and also lodging, right? So if you like want to stay with somebody different than you traveled with or dance with, it's not sort of implied that they're the same person for everything. You could do that same kind of inviting confirming um, process with strictly partners and hotel rooms. You think like you could? We try that's, to. Re that's what I. That's what I was thinking. Yep. Well, and then Is you it, could. Uh, you Sorry, go ahead. No, you please go. It's your uh, time. It would be great. It sounds great to have that abstracted because, like, there's going to, like, traveling, there's, there's probably going to become all sorts of, of problems that, that reveal themselves that say, oh, well, this would be great to schedule and confirm this particular aspect of an event that we're not even thinking of right now. So it would be great if that, that could be used for many different things. 
Absolutely. Sure. Like sharing a carpool from the airport, all kinds of things. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then, Glenn, you mentioned something about um, feed. So I'm, I'm sort of like, sorry, I'm synthesizing the notes a little bit now. Um, you mentioned something about leaving feedback. Like, is are you sort of envisioning something where like participants can document feedback on partners for specific partnerships? Uh, yeah, but that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> What, what if it's what if it's private to you? What if it's just private to you? Well, uh, I, I was thinking that too. Uh, although, if I have a bad experience, I don't forget it. Sure, <laughs> that's though, true. I don't necessarily know that it's important to keep in the app, but maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe having that information and I mean, this has a huge area to the app, but I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe having that information and sharing it among trusted friends that. That's possible, but even Mama that, drama. yeah, that that's. <laughs> I, it it may be a bad idea to add that just because it could create problems just for the perception of the app. So it, sure. it may just not be a good idea. I'm I'm gonna document it anyway because the, the whole point here is to kind of get get a, an inventory of all the things that we're sort of thinking of as being valuable. Whether we do them or not is not the question right now. Okay. I think maybe. So, uh, I like the idea of giving feedback, maybe about the, a particular event. You could do that. Okay. Yeah. Rating event. Um, in yeah, general. Rating the event. Or private. As opposed to not, not, not specific people. That's that's probably good. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that public? Yes. It'd be like Yelp for events almost. Okay. Oh, that's 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 decent. Completely useless, just like Yelp, but <laughs> people would be interested in. Um, I'm articulating that as participants can document public feedback on specific events. Mm -hmm. Yes. Cool. Uh, what else you got? Sorry, I, I kind of wanted to go through the list that I'd accumulated through the previous conversation, but now like, just let's go nuts, see what, what, what you want to do. We have some problems, again, that we were trying to solve. So uh, remembering the deadlines when, price, when admission prices change. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe there's some sort of way where participants can um, can view um, articulate deadlines or time milestones for events. Yes. Early bird pricing uh, for the event when it goes up, right before it goes up. Okay. Matt, that's definitely something that would have to be managed by the moderators too, because that's all very custom, and sometimes the only information is maybe on a Facebook page or, or a website. It could be anywhere. Gotcha. So moderators um, can um, document uh, time-based milestones for events. So in order to view it, somebody has to actually put it in there. So that's, that's a separate sort of item there. So um, what else have we got here? Syncing with Google Calendar. Uh, yeah, I've got oh, we that. We already had that. We already had yeah, that. Par participants and vendors can sync uh, events. Uh, actually, it's participant vendors and moderators uh, and sync event information with with Google Calendar. Yeah, and also have it available via iCal. I, I I don't know if you can do those in the same operation, so that That's anybody who's using an Apple Calendar would be able to use that too. Sure. Single yeah. uh, slash offer iCal. I'll keep those as, as separate items, but that's good. Cool. Uh, what else we got? A lot of the features that I um, wanted to in integrate um, are related to the strictly partner matching. Um, 
Sure. And th those are sort of like sub sub features of the strictly partner matcher, which is might be sub features of the inviting confirming the abstract concept of inviting confirming for other aspects of the dance event. Yep. Um, so here here's the, the, just the base scenario. Somebody says, let's do strictly sometime. And you're like, yay, let's do it. And then you, then they ask the, the dreaded question, what dance comp are you going to next? And I hate that because, I mean, it's great because, you know, you want to see your person or whatever, but like, I don't know what dance comp I'm going to next. I'll have to go and like pull out my calendar. And then I realize I haven't added events to my calendar yet. So then I have to go through my bookmarks and see what events are coming up. And it's like, which ones am I going to? So it's like a, it's a lot of work. So, so yeah, what I, I pull out my phone. <laughs> it's not just with strictly people. Like it's just like you meet people at dance events and you're like, Oh, it'd be great. Oh, when's your next one? I want to see you again. So um, it would just be great to just send them, like my 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 dancer deck i'm calling it dancer deck the dancer deck profile and that just shows you all the events i'm going to and if you already have if you have a dancer deck uh, an account too you'll see all the ones that you're also going to like it'll match them and be like hey you guys are both going to this event this is this is when you're going to see this person again it makes it easy yeah. or just have it have it available and then be choose to be able to to hide it and send it and have only certain people view it is dancer i'm naive to this is dancer deck some, it's another entity. It's, it's like my a real thing. It's the domain name I bought for this app. <laughs> ah, okay. So, so the the, the feature here is that um, so first of all, participants can um, indicate uh, which events they're planning to go to. Yes. And then um, the participants um, can view a, a quote unquote profile. Can view. Um, view the uh, events in, that another dancer or another participant is planning to go to? Yes. Um, yeah, I think Glenn's got it. Um, sending private links uh, with customized lists. So like if somebody's like, what events do you want to go to? Like, oh, let me send you my profile. It'll be like a, a secret profile, like a, a unique link um, that gets generated just for that person that contains only the events that you want that person to see. Um, gotcha. But it's not necessarily public. Unless they wanted to make it public. Some people might want to just be like, oh, here's all the events I'm going to. See you guys there. Which I'm sure a lot of people would actually like that. So that one's basically they can view a customized list of events another participant is planning to attend. And that would that's more just related to Strictly's, I think. I don't know why you would just want to send... I, I mean, I don't know what you were thinking, Glenn, but I'm just thinking, like, if, if I'm going to try to do a Strictly with somebody, I just... Somebody that I, I want to do strictly with, but like maybe not necessarily for Mad Jam because I'm saving that for my dance partner and I haven't really confirmed it with her yet, kind of thing. Well, yeah, the I, I think the the strictly aspect would be more likely to be private because especially as time goes on, people tend to get more discerning with their strictly partners. Or yes, it could be the opposite, but some people do, um, and they don't want it to be. They don't want everybody to know because uh, maybe they're in demand and they don't want everybody just constantly asking them. Right. Uh, what's going on? Uh, I have an alarm going off my computer. Hold on. Turned it off. Um, and uh, but but publicly available, it'd be great to know like who's going. Sometimes I mean I get asked, "Are you going to this event?" And then that influences whether somebody else wants to go to an event. So just having my schedule available, if I want it, not having to do with strictly partners, that's that's a decent idea. Yeah. I, I think it's a really good idea, especially for the pros, too, so that you can see, okay, which pro is going to this event? Uh, you know, because a lot of times people want to take a lesson with that pro. Yes. Or they just want to, you know, 
see who's going, who's doing the workshops and stuff. So I think that's a good idea to make it public for them. Okay, um, you just you just opened up a huge new area. Yes, you did. Yeah, <laughs> you just opened Holy up crap. a different application. <laughs> yes, and it could actually piggyback on this. Um, but that's exactly right. Like pros, like you want to know what pros are going to which one, and you're like you want to like book them for a lesson because they're going to be at this event that you're going to. Like I need an hour with you. That's like mm -hmm. a whole other section phase 15 of this web app. But yeah. it, it, it would be so sweet. And to like, I've got so many ideas on this, like having embeddable widgets that, that, the, uh, that the pro can embed on their website and be like, here's all my upcoming dance events, book me for a lesson, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and then, and then, then the reminders to remind you to verify with the pro that they're actually going to be there. Yes, yeah. and and that can all tie in. That can tie into that uh, abstract invent. Uh, I'm sorry, invite confirm kind of thing. The invite, the the abstract invite confirm thing is probably one of the the, the fundamental cores of of this app is what it seems like. A lot of these features that we're talking about come back to that. Yeah. yeah. So if I if I can kind of. Uh, uh, inject here. So there's another sort of invite and confirm business, which is related to um, like lessons. Yeah, getting lessons with champions and pros. So, but uh, by the way, that's the pros are we didn't talk about. <laughs> well, would would they still be like participants? Would they still be? They just have a different level. They would, um, but they're the ones that you want to take lessons with. But yeah, you're right. So they can. So participants can invite dance uh, lessons. Participants can confirm dance lessons, and then th that one seems like there needs to be like a like a participants can request dance lessons instead of right. invite. Gotcha. Right. So do is the notion of like inbound the request is that applicable to the uh, the dance partnerships travel and lodging partnerships? Absolutely. Ah, okay. Let's we're we're getting places here. <laughs> Yeah, because I want, I maybe I just want to invite Glenn to do Strictly with me later at uh, Liberty, because I think I think you can have, they allow dudes well, that, on dudes. So that'd be that'd be you inviting Glenn, but if like um like the notion of like um, well, I guess Glenn would still be inviting you the other way around. Yeah. But on the on the dance on the dance lesson side, there's sort of like a like a request. Would that just be an in, a normal invitation? I think well, it'd be a normal the, invitation. I mean, there, there's. It depends. It depends how far we want to get ahead with this because that opens up to then the pro has to be using the app. But what if they're not using the app and I just want to book that and I want and I, I just want to schedule it and then I want a reminder when it's happening so that I don't forget to be there on time or that I want a reminder to remind them because the pros are very difficult to pin down and sometimes they forget because their their time is always being demanded. Gotcha. Yeah, pros are horrible at communication. The 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 dance event pros are just phenomenally right. horrible at communication so so they may not even they may even commit to use the app and then they don't <laughs> uh so i need a way to manage their lack of consideration towards towards my time gotcha. so that one is sort of um so the entity the entity of like a dance lesson like participants can document dance lessons they can invite pros to to engage in that dance lesson and then the pros can confirm them and then the other bit is that you the participants sh can receive um notifications uh yes a reminder uh, of a reminder of what's, we have, what's happening cool whatever so, i yeah whatever i need to do in response and maybe that doesn't even need to be in the app but just letting me know that it's happening so that i can respond accordingly to what i think is necessary 
the cool. timer went off for this section um, a little while ago, so we do probably, especially with, since we're running kind of late on time, try to start yeah. wrapping it up with uh, with trying to nail down some priorities for the features and then figuring yep. out timeline deliverables. What do you recommend for that, Stephen? Uh, I, I, as far as a process, or should we do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, I guess we just need to like look at the list and, and figure out which which ones are most important, right? Yeah, so I have I've I've documented 29. There are 29, yeah, 29 That's... discrete activities that kind of accumulate what I would guess to be about 13, 14 different features, because you know each activity is kind of the coming and going of a feature, um, but that sort of gets a, an itemized list of requirements there. So I have 29. Um, I don't know via the Google Hangout slash podcast format, what's the best way to share that so we can all see them. Um, but certainly the next step would be to figure out what are, what are kind of the places to begin. Um, and I think we can kind of group them naturally here. Um, so there seems to be sort of an invitation um, an invitation aspect that seems pretty, um, just listening to you guys talk seems pretty valuable. Um, so there might be um, something around invitations. Um, and then within there, there's sort of like um, partnerships or agreements. And those are like um, dance lessons, um, strictly um, events, uh, lodging and travel. Trying to like synthesize these yeah. a bit. So okay, so we have um, so there's like the the notion of of uh, of in, an invitation type system, and that's mostly for establishing these objects that are like partnerships um, that are a one to one between participants. Um, and there are four types of partnerships that we've kind of talked about: so dance lessons, strictlies, um, lodging, travel. Um, that those four. Um, I think that that takes care of like like nine of them nine of the items out of the 29. Um, and then we have like um, like basic event information and curation. So that might be kind of a larger one. So event um, curation. I think that's going to be one of the most important because the others don't really exist without it. Correct. There you go. Um, so what are the basic pieces there? That's sort of like um, like time, date, location, hotel, uh, airport maybe, or something like that. Um, and then region. Is region a, 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 a WSDC thing, or is that a just uh, across no. the country? Just like in the, I mean, country, okay, Midwest, East Coast, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, cool. So we have a, an event curation feature, I think, that has some coming and, comings and goings. There's a lot of consumption on the participant side, but then there's some curation, some actual changing on the moderator side. And those data points seem to be time, date, location, hotel, maybe zzz, um, airports, perhaps, um, and then region. Are there any other key pieces there? No, and then there's uh, event um, calendar integration. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one piece. And then there is uh, a rem event reminder system. So that's sort of related to the events themselves, but then there's also an invite, um, a, a partnership um, reminder system. And then there is sort of like event subscription. 
right? which is the notion of like, I want to pick these events I'm going to go to to help populate my profile or what have you. Um, and then there's the, the participant feedback. That's a, another piece that is here. I'd say that's probably the lowest on the priority list. Right. Event feedback. Cool. Um, boop. I think, um, oh, some event lists for invitation. Okay, I think we're down to, let's check out this number here. Uh, we're down to nine features, just from my basic, um, so do you want to try and organize these nine into like where we think priority? So it seems like event curation is probably number one, right? Right. Curation and moderation is number one for sure. Okay. Um, and then the general, um, so even with, even without per, even without participants, event curation would work, right? So even if there was no way for somebody to log in and do anything else, the app would still have value if it just had event curation, right? Right. And then, so same thing with like, um, so the next one that we have event calendar integration, um, where would you kind of put that one on your? On That's probably number two, list? because the, really for me, the number one thing is just trying to look at my calendar, my Google calendar, which has everything on it. So if it doesn't have an, an, a dance event on it, I'm going to schedule something else that weekend and then be like, oh crap, I had a, an event that weekend. So for me, that would probably be like the very next one. Under, okay. I don't know what you guys think. I, I agree with that. Cool. Then the the rest of these all have all have something to do with the fact that there are actual user accounts that people are interacting with. So number three would like would most logically have to be some type of account situation, like people like registering, logging in, doing what have you. Um, so participant accounts, um, and then from there you start to get into those other fun things, which are like event reminder system, event subscription, partnership reminder system. Participant feedback, which is you've said is probably very low, which I would agree with. Um, and event feedback, custom event lists for invitation and invitations themselves. How do we want to kind of begin sorting those? Well, Glenn and Jocelyn, which one do you think is more important? The uh, reminder system, like notifications of upcoming um, early bird expirations and hotel bookings, or the uh, inviting and confirming strictly partners to manage that aspect? Uh, I would say remembering the deadlines and booking and all that stuff would have come before. Yeah, I would agree with that because once you have the deadlines, you could you could manage the inviting on your own. It didn't, yeah. wouldn't necessarily need to be in the app, and that could be an extra feature, but it could be down the road. Cool. Okay. This is healthy. Um, so next you've got the, um, so after the event reminder system, um, what do we want to kind of try and tackle next? Like event, like subscribing to events. So like indicating that you're going to go to them, um, providing event feedback, custom event lists for invitation, and then invitations themselves. Um, I think the, the which events you're going to is actually going to have to come up at the very top right before it syncs with your Google Calendar because I only want the events that I'm going to to show up in my Google Calendar. Yep. So user events slash conf um, confirming events. Well, actually, what would be great is you have two subscriptions. Uh, you have all the events and then the Google Calendar. So like they show up as different colors because I want to know, because if I'm going to an event, then I'd be great to know oh, there's an event that next weekend, like right there. So maybe I can just stay in the area. Gotcha. Cool. 
So yeah, and, and I would I would sort of challenge um, I would sort of challenge the assumption that you have to have a user account to subscribe to the events because if you just have a listing of all the events, you you can still build tools that let you go and say, okay, we add this to my calendar, and you don't actually have to have an account in the system. You know what yeah, I mean? you're just right. saying have that have that thing and you can manage on manage it on your own to to exactly. prevent like blowing up all the the functionality. Correct. Yep. I think I think you could get to event reminders with even without user event user accounts. That's just me taking off my facilitator hat and putting on my. I've seen these things work before. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm right. I'm sorry. What was the summary of that one then? So so that was a, a modification to number two, which is the event calendar integration, which is sort of like all or specific events, right? And then number three is participant accounts, so starting to get into like actually like linking data with the accounts themselves. And then following up on that, you have like the event reminder system, which is like actually like subs um, subscribing to the event and then, sorry, so it was event subscription first and then event reminder system saying, I've subscribed to this event, now send me some, some important date information about them. Um, so things like deadlines that are upcoming or, or what have you. Okay, cool, event subscription. Yes, event subscription, then event reminders. Cool. Um, and then, so the, the next ones to kind of shuffle around are the uh, event feedback and then custom lists for invitations, so sharing like a specific list of, of events that you're planning to go to, um, and then the bigger one, which is the invitation system. Um, I think that all kind of ties in. Uh, the the whole point of like kind of isolating specific events to show to specific people is more to do with Strictly's, I think. So I think okay. that would tie into that, unless Glenn, you think, or Jocelyn, you think differently about that. That sounds reasonable. So you'd want so after event reminder system, we'd want to start tackling the invitations. Yeah. Would you want? Yeah. Would you want to be? Or would you want to do the event feedback? Where does event feedback fall here? It's low. Way low. Almost. Almost useless. Yeah. Is it? Is it lower than participant feedback? Or higher? I to me that's the same. Okay. Yeah. I'd say that's probably the same. They can't be the same. They're two different things. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, you're talking about drama llama reviews because that's different. Yeah. So like, so like, leaving feedback on participants versus leaving feedback oh. on events. Yeah, events would be over drama llama reviews. Gotcha. Yeah, cool. yeah, I'm I'm just the jerk for even bringing it up. <laughs> I mean, it came out. It's good. Well, um, it's the way that it's the way that you tend to think about it, but it doesn't necessarily need to be. In, in, a, in, a, in a form that, that is stored somewhere. How to be an official douche in West Coast Swing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, if you've, if you've seen the amount of roadmaps that I've seen that have things that will never get built, that's that's a commonplace. That's fine. You don't have to, have to do it, but it's good to document it. Um, okay, so then we have the invitations and then custom event lists for invitation and then partnership reminder system, which is basically once you've established all of your invitations and partnerships, you can set up reminders to say, hey, this is kind of what's going on. Does that seem legit? Yep. Totes. Cool. So that's that's 10 features prioritized. Oh, perfect Yay. timing. Perfect timing. Yay. So. I guess the final thing is talking about deliverables, next steps, and timeline in the last three seconds, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the first thing we have to talk about is uh, how to index all the different array functions that PHP has. Like, which ones are we going to use? <laughs> like, which ones are we going to filter out? Because there's 50, so I only want to like stick to like maybe two or three. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. 
as long as you know how many haystacks you want to put inside of a needle, you'll be fine. Okay, That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> and make sure the haystack and the needle are in the right order for <laughs> each of the. This is all I'm saying. This is all I'm saying. That needs to be planned out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we have a PHP troll going on here. I actually tried to get PHP underscore CEO on Twitter to come and troll this, so um, I'm glad we have Glenn to <laughs> troll from. I, I I limit it. You know, I don't want to walk into the lion's den and just start start provoking, but I'm just saying. <laughs> that's one thing. That's, uh, okay. Done. Healthy, healthy trolling is, is appreciated and fun, I think. I yeah. like it. <laughs> Um, I think um, to put a to put a point on your your question there, Sammy. It seems like based on this, this structure here that you probably have like one solid sprint where you're just working working on events. Like what com what composes an event? How does that information get populated? How does it get curated? Um, and then that gets you pretty far because then you're you're talking about like event discovery and calendar integration and what have you. Um, and then so the next major one after that is starting to think about users, participants, like how they actually get created and whatnot. So, Got it. so I'm going to say iteration one is event curation slash moderation. Yep. Um, and then iteration two is user counts, uh, and I guess subscribing to events, or is that later? Well, I, w I would keep them sort of in the in the order that they are here with the level of granularity. So the first one is like event curation and general structure, right? So how mm -hmm. do we actually consume and 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 change them and then you actually have a specific feature for like discovering events so like searching for or filtering or what have you and then you have the one for like the reminders right so they don't all have to be you know in your in your particular case if you if you if you have like structured like sprint cycles then you can certainly put smaller ones in to like get through an entire one um but it seems like because it's kind of like a casual project you may want to just do like targeted things to be delivered and the sprint size is adjusted Okay. Right. So you kind of go through and get all the event stuff taken care of, like the actual like structure and how you plan to like um, like validate and, and verify the information, and then get into like your discovery bits, and then get into how you're going to integrate with like Google Calendar and iCal, um, and then like the next major sprint might be like users after that, like the participants. How do you actually structure those accounts? Um, and then you start to get into like the relationship between those participants and the existing events for like the subscriptions. Cool. Well, I think uh, as far as since this is a smaller project, this I'm just kind of working on by myself. Um, I'll be trying to just get that first feature finished. Cool. And um, timeline-wise, that's all on me, I guess. Yeah. I'm gonna get it done uh, as soon as possible. Um, I've been t working with uh, graph databases. Uh, like kind of learning that because all of this data that we're talking about is extremely highly relational, really highly relational, uh, and it, it would be um, very difficult to do this with a traditional relational database, despite the fact that it has relational in the name. So I've been looking at graph databases, uh, and we're actually going to have a talk on the PHP Roundtable about graph databases pretty soon. Um, and I'll be um, asking a lot of questions that I've been learning in this process of, of trying to put a graph database into production. So we'll see how that goes. Um, that might hold me back a little bit on the timeline since it's a new technology I've never used. Um, but I'm going to try to commit to getting at least a basic first iteration event curation slash moderation done probably by this time next month. So, um, and then I'd like to maybe have a follow-up PHP roundtable to kind of discuss some of the things that ran into, may, maybe make part of the graph databases discussion part of this ongoing conversation to see how this uh, this app is panning out and cool. talk about the technologies we're using and everything. So, yeah, have, perfect. Have you, pick, have you picked a graph database vendor? or? Uh, yeah, Neo4j. Yep, 
cool. So Neo Neo is real nice. Um, and there's a there's a there's like a SaaS product that I really love for like graph. It's called Graphene. Um, uh-huh. And when you're like kind of testing or debugging or trying to figure out you know what you're what you're sorting through um, with the graph database, they have a really nice um, like UI. So you can see the queries happening and you can kind of see the data sets and see the relationships in sort of a visual form. Um, so I would recommend that if you're, if you're going to start like exploring because it makes it quite a bit easier. Graphene. GrapheneDB.com cool. maybe, maybe .io. I don't remember. Nice. Thanks for that. I'll, uh, I'll definitely have to check it out. Cool. Um, we're going to have to wrap this up because I, I know we're running a little over time, so apologize for that. Uh, but I, I want to really quickly um, get a developer shout-out in because this is a really important segment that recognizes developers for doing really awesome stuff in the community. Um, and we sort of send them a personalized thank you card from PHP Roundtable with a $50 Amazon gift card uh, sponsored by Laracasts. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Laracast, it's the Netflix for developers. And if you're listening to PHP Roundtable because you're trying to learn more about PHP, then you'll love Laracast. It's the guy who runs it, Jeffrey Way, has a ton of screencasts showing you step by step how to do some really cool things in PHP. Just not just Laravel specific, but like just general programming, like how to program better, how to improve yourself as a programmer. So I. I'm a personal subscriber and have learned tons from them, so definitely check that out, laracasts.com. Uh, and for this uh, episode, um, I, I, I talked with Stephen to see about who, you know, who would you like to nominate to, to have this uh, um, uh, developer shout-out go to. So who did you end up choosing? Uh, I have decided that I, I would like to, I would like to nominate uh, a friend of mine, Carl Hughes. Carl has been uh, working on on a pretty uh, a pretty I think it's a very interesting project that uh, is addressing a, a a common concern. Um, so there's a lot of jobs databases out there, a lot of jobs platforms like Indeed or government jobs or um, you know like just any job platform. And the data itself is is not normalized and is pretty inconsistent. And so Carl's taken on the project of trying to trying to sanitize all that data down to a normal form. And I've been helping him lately put together um, a little bit of structure. Um, and we've actually adopted the schema.org job posting entity as being the actual like final normalized form of, of job data. So he's working on a pretty big project right now to actually like make all of these individual vendors kind of um, uh, bring all their data down to a, a standard format. And then the goal is to, to help folks, you know, get access to a lot of job data pretty quickly. So um, he's been putting a lot of time in there. So I want to give him a shout out. And if we could, if he could be the recipient of this, I think it would go a long way. Excellent. Well, Carl, um, I will be trying to get in contact with you to get this $50 Amazon gift uh, certificate to you. And uh, sweet. Um, thanks so much, guys, for, for coming on. I always like to give everybody an, a, an opportunity to do a shameless plug at the end. So, uh, Jocelyn, do you have anything that you would like to promote, a book you wrote or anything like that on uh, how to kick people's butts in West Coast Swing? <laughs> um, I don't think so. Just... I hope to have fun this weekend with you in our Strictly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Me and Jocelyn are doing a Strictly at um, Michigan Classic this weekend. Did you forget? I had, I had that on my calendar. No, I didn't forget, actually. I, had that one. I didn't overbook that one, so that was good. <laughs> oh, yeah, looking forward to it. That's not till Sunday, so uh, I'm not going to be able to get there until, like, Friday night. So we're, mm-hmm. we're good. We're good. <laughs> so, yeah, Strictly Partners. Woo-hoo. Wait, what event are you going to this weekend? Uh, Michigan Classic in Detroit. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I'll be seeing you, Glenn, at Liberty, uh, Liberty Swing in New York, um, hey. and we, um, we gotta, I gotta make, made up with some New York PHP nerds up there. I know Jeremy McCullough, Phil Sturgeon, Anthony Ferrara, quite, quite a bit of, 
of PHP nerds in New York. So we'll have to have like a, a get together and hopefully we can get Glenn to come with us and we'll convert him to PHP. I think that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you had so many know. jokes on this show. Like, <laughs> I don't know at this, at this point, I don't know if he's welcome. I don't know if he's welcome. <laughs> That's okay. I will, I will learn all the array functions and then, and then I will be welcome. You just, like need to know, you just need to know array map and array walk. That's like a good start. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, what do you have anything to promote, Glenn? Uh, yeah. Um, my my consulting firm. If uh, people are looking for iOS apps, um, specifically, and also if they're looking for like iOS and uh, to work with um, an API in the back end, or if they need that developed, if they need an entire platform, then uh, zombiedolphin.com. Is, is the place to go, and I will see. Zombie Dolphin. It's awesome. Is that a family, that a family name? Uh, that's actually my last name. I, why are you making fun of my last name? I don't understand. Excellent. Well, um, I'll try to get to everybody's uh, promotional stuff uh, added to the show notes as well. But, uh, Stephen, you had um, stuff to promote? Yes? Yes? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so, as you mentioned at the beginning, I, I just finished a, uh, a play-by-play course, recording a play-by-play course for the Pluralsight platform on this very topic. Um, we go to a little bit more detail about this process, this structure that we've gone through. Um, and I don't know if that's – I don't know when that's being released, but it's being released shortly. So, I would say my, self, my self-promotion is to keep an eye out for it. Or if I, if I tweet it when it's actually released, go watch the course. Sure. <laughs> if it gets released, watch. if it gets released, Good. yeah, there you go. <laughs> so shameless. <laughs> well, this has been a, a good discussion. I'm excited to see where um, this goes in a real life app. Uh, and our next episode, we're going to be talking about PSR seven, what that is, and we're going to be talking about some of the key players, or talking with some of the key players who made PSR seven uh, possible. So. Um, Glenn, Jocelyn, Stephen, I'd like to thank each of you for coming on and just giving us your brain dump. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Sounds good. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. The PHP Roundtable is recorded live using Google Hangouts on Air. If you'd like to get more information about the live broadcasts, visit phproundtable.com. While you're on the site, join the mailing list to get notified about the next live episode. And hey, maybe even join the conversation at the roundtable. We'd love to hear what you have to say. The theme music is provided by Bensound at bensound.com. The PHP Roundtable logo was designed by Clint McManaman, and you can find him at mcmanaman.co. That's M-C-M-A-N-A-M-A-N dot C-O. Thanks for listening. I'm Sammy K. Powers, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode.